The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Paul Mandel. He's the founder and CEO of the Concera Group, which is an international leader in developing invitation-only events for senior executives. He's a graduate of the Yale Law School, and he previously, before uh, Concero, he previously was the founder of a national legal support company that was acquired in 2007. He's been featured in articles in the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg Business Week, the Washington Post. Those are just a few of them. And he's a frequent contributor to many, many publications on the topic of entrepreneurship. And we asked him to come here today to talk with us uh, not only a little about his own entrepreneurial background and what he's learned from that, but also what to consider when you're choosing an investor. So welcome to the show today, Paul. Thanks, Kelly. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, we've had a lot of people come onto this show who have been on Shark Tank, actually, and a couple of them have said that they did not take the investment money that was offered. I guess a lot of things really go on once the cameras stop rolling. Things go on and there's more negotiations and sometimes deals that appear to have gone through really don't end up happening. And I think that probably mirrors life quite a bit as well, at least business life. When when I'm a business owner, okay, and I know most of our listeners are business owners, some of them are probably thinking about taking on some investment, either because they're a startup or maybe they're far enough along in their business that they've hit a plateau and they need to. They know that in order to grow, they're going to need some capital infused into the business. So let's talk a little bit here about some of the pros and cons of selling a part of your business to an investor. First of all, what what are some some of the cons? I guess let's start with that. Sure. Well, um, well, I, I would say. Uh, you know, starting a business first is inherently risky. Everybody who started a business knows that. People who are considering starting a business recognize that. There's a great deal of risk when you when you leave a job or um, you know start a new enterprise. And a lot of entrepreneurs try to hedge that risk by getting other people to help shoulder the financial burden. But mm-hmm. but adding adding investors definitely creates new risks that are that are very important to consider before you know before you take on that capital. So. There are some cons that, that people often don't think about until it's too late. So I've spent, um, I've learned a few lessons and have spent some time thinking about it and, and obviously writing about it a bit. And um, you know, some of the cons are pretty intuitive. Some are less so. But um, really, the uh, you know, when you're taking on capital, um, you are entering into a relationship, hopefully a long-term relationship with with your investors, and. You know, it's like entering into any other kind of relationship. Um, you know, if, if you choose well and things go smoothly, then it can it can really make the um, experience great. And if you if you choose poorly, uh, or if the relationship goes goes sour, it can really be uh, disruptive to to the um, you know, to your experience in, in life and, in, and certainly in business. So, you know, the obvious um, the obvious cons I would say are. Um, you know, one there's some there's a personality fit risk. If you choose somebody who 
uh, an entity or individuals who uh, have different um, different ways of doing business, uh, different methods of communicating, and they don't fit with your own, uh, you know, it could create some trouble, some friction for you that um, you know can can either hold the business back or or you know otherwise be dis- disruptive. Um, you know, another piece that that people don't often think about is. Um, you know, betting your own money can be can be very stressful. But when you're when you're using other people's money and, and you're you're putting that at risk, uh, you know, the stewardship <clears throat> is a is a kind of it creates a kind of stress that is different from the stress that comes with with you know with using your own money. And that's something that it's particularly important to consider when you're when you're working with the money of people who may have less risk tolerance than. You know, than a large VC mm-hmm. uh, or something like that, and then uh, you know, one risk that um, you know it, it's probably more obvious, and I think people may be more attuned to it after having seen movies um, like The Social Network. There's certainly uh, there's certainly risk in dealing with uh, really sophisticated investors. Many many big VCs and and uh, venture capital firms and private equity firms uh, are straight shooters and and do business. Um, in ways that are, uh, you know, that um, don't don't put put founders on their guard. But uh, but when you're dealing with big professional investors, they they really know what they're doing, and so you got to be a little bit careful, especially mm-hmm. if you're relatively new to, you know, new to the game. So there's a little bit of risk of um, of uh, ending up with terms that may seem okay at first blush, but end up uh, costing you uh, on on the upside uh, later. Sure, and I suspect that at uh, some of the meetings that you might have with those investors, if you're still a little green around the gills, uh, some of the questions that you might get asked, you might find that you're woefully unprepared for the meeting and uh, or that you don't go into the depth that they're looking for, perhaps. So, uh, again, uh, just, just a level of sophistication to be aware of. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And and uh, here at Concero, about, about two years in, um, we, we had bootstrapped initially – uh, using our own funds uh, to to launch the business, and about two years in, we were uh, we were exploring launching a new office over in Ireland. And at that point, we realized that um, uh, taking on that risk would be a little bit little bit too much to bear financially for us. So we 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 went out and started considering uh, some new capital sources, and we spoke to some angel investors. Uh, you know some smaller, uh, uh, smaller entities that could help, and we we spoke to one large, uh, prominent venture capital firm, and um, they're uh, you know I, I've raised money uh, before and helped others raise money, uh, but I'm, I'm definitely not an expert, and the paperwork I got, uh, the, the term sheet I got from the from the venture capital firm was almost indecipherable. It had, it had so many, so many different terms and uh, you know uh, clawbacks and different kinds of rights that I really was unsure that I would be able to, to spot every angle and um, you know see every see every risk uh, sufficiently. So um, you really do need to uh, when you're dealing with sophisticated investors either get some good help to review the the documents or make sure you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, have some legal aid there as well. So what I've heard you say uh, in terms of the risks are make sure that you assess the communication, that uh, if they have a different communication style, if you're uncomfortable with the way they communicate, that could be a red flag. And then 
Also, people who are comfortable with risk, you really don't want to uh, get involved with people who absolutely have to make a return and they absolutely have to get that return within a certain amount of time or they themselves will go bankrupt or they they will live in poverty in their retirement themselves. Uh, you know, you don't want to, uh, to do that. And then the final one is just the sophistication level. If it's something that you don't understand and that you're not comfortable with, then it's probably time, even, even if you've had an attorney consult with you, it's probably time to look elsewhere. But going back to the first one, the communications, style, that's not just an issue between the owner or the founder and the new investors. Sometimes you bring investors in and it can change the culture of your business for the employees, for everybody. You know, go from one day to more of a family style business, the next day it's much more mechanical and corporate. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely, absolutely. I would say, um, you know, as, as a starting point, when you're when you're thinking about raising money, uh, there are a few a few benefits uh, or, or a few things that that come along with bringing on board an investor. Obviously, uh, you're bringing on capital, but you're also bringing on, um, you know, potentially uh, a strategic advisor or someone who can really help the business. And so, as you're raising money, you really want to think about what exactly you're looking for. For some, or in some circumstances, all you're really looking for is capital. You just need some cash to help augment your sales team or mm-hmm. Uh, launch a new office, and if, if that's what you want, you really want to think about um, who you're bringing on board and make sure you're uh, you're you're adding individuals into the mix who who won't be necessarily uh, taking an active role in the business. Right. Um, uh, for others, um, you know, in other cases, uh, you may be looking to to add somebody uh, who is going to provide capital as well as you know, some some guidance and be involved in the business. In those cases, um, you're absolutely right. Uh, Just like bringing on board another senior employee or any employee, there is an impact to the culture of the business. And so, um, you know, it's very important that, uh, you know, that your expectations and your goals align, just just as, as with, you know, hiring any other kind of employee. And so, you know, you want to understand, um, what is the uh, what is the interest of the investor? Is this person uh, genuinely interested in the mission of the business, like you and your and your co-founders or empl- fellow employees? Um, is this person really only about uh, you know a a quick return, or is this is this person or investor interested in, in a uh, a long-term uh, growth plan? And um, you know you got to make sure that your interests are aligned. And then once that once that investor is on board, uh, communication is very important. Um, you know there are definitely some best practices in bringing on an board investor to make make the relationship work um, and make things things turn out well. Obviously, uh, getting a return for an investor is um, is the best way to, to keep an investor happy and you know off your case, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, but <laughs> money <laughs> doesn't it? Of course, right. And lo- and by the same token, losing money is a good way not to um, not to you know have a, have a great relationship. Right. But um, you know when you're when you're starting out, uh, it's very important to set expectations. Make sure everybody understands what's coming. Uh, you know, and be and be candid about the risks that 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 are out there for the business, so that you know as you're communicating, as you're interacting. Um, you know, you can weather weather the storms that come a little more easily because you're you're anticipating those. And then, um, you know, further with respect to communication, it's in my view, it's it's better to over communicate. Um, 
uh, in the direct, certainly in the direction of you know for, from you to the investor, and then also to make sure that that uh, you're getting feedback and input from the investor as well. As long as there is open communication, uh, you know it's easier for you to 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 leverage the value of your investor, and it's also a lot easier to um, maintain a, a positive relationship. Yes, and we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to visit about when it's really time to bring on a third-party investor, someone from the outside. I think sometimes people think that they need it when they really don't and that it could be a huge mistake in those cases. So uh, when we get back from our break, we're going to be talking with Paul Mandel, the founder and CEO of Concera Group. We'll be right back. Get ready for an evening exploding with energy as we celebrate Kansas City's entrepreneurial community at the 14th Annual 25 Under 25 Awards Dinner and Gala, Saturday, February 28th at the Downtown Marriott. Join host Thinking Bigger Business Media and sponsor UMB for cocktails, dinner, and entertainment as we recognize the achievements of 25 outstanding Kansas City area small businesses with under 25 employees. Reserve your tickets now at 25under25.com. That's 25under25. If you store your guns properly, I'll feel safer when I'm playing outside. Safer when walking home. I won't have to tell so many family members. I'm sorry. I won't hear as many scary stories. And I won't have to tell my kids. This isn't a drill. Please. Please, do it for us. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Never let your gun get into the wrong hands. Remember, always lock it up. Visit ncpc.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Robin with Small Changes, Big Shifts. I'd like to invite you to join me on Wednesdays at noon on my show so we can give you some tips and some ideas that will inspire you to reconnect to the good that you already are. You know, it takes all aspects of life to really live a whole life. It's not just about one thing. I'll be sharing my network of friends around the country with you that specialize in health and wellness from all different aspects, whether it's mental health, physical health, or emotional health. So join us Wednesdays at noon on Small Changes, Big Shifts, you never know what little thing will help shift your life. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here this morning with Paul Mandel. He's the founder and CEO of Concero Group. And today we've been talking about investors, outside investors, what you should look for, uh, what are some of the risks, what are some of the things that you can do to make the relationship work. But I want to step back even further at this point, Paul, and talk about when is it a good idea to actually bring in a third party or an outside investor. Um, And not all things can be solved by bringing in uh, an investor or throwing more money at something. Can you talk about that? Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, there are really there are really a few uh, few common reasons or, or um, common circumstances that lead lead people to raise money. Um, you know, at, right out of the gate, uh, you know, as, as founders generally raise money to help get the business going, and uh, that's an obvious one. And, mm-hmm. and really, it, it's virtually impossible to raise a to uh, start a business without putting in at least a little capital. Right. Um, and you're but, not a good uh, candidate for a bank at that point either. Right, exactly. Um, and so uh, I definitely I have uh, have some thoughts on, on banking relationships. Um, just on that note, this is a, a personal lesson I learned. Uh, develop a bank relationship as early as you can in the process. Um, don't wait until, you're, until you need the money like right. this. Right. Uh, you know, generally speaking, but um, 
you know, uh, once the business is going, there are really a few key reasons why uh, why founders uh, or, or, or people managing businesses uh, raise money. One is for um, you know for strategic value. In some cases, uh, you know, you may see an investor or an enterprise. Uh, out there who could be a real asset to the business, either because they bring a reputation that could help you sell more product or deliver more services, or they can provide you really valuable advice that can help you grow. And so, um, you know, in those cases, uh, you know, you're you're essentially raising money to get somebody connected and involved in the business. Um, You know, other more common uh, reasons are, uh, to accelerate production or sales. In some cases, the business is going great, and you know that with more capital, you could, uh, you know, you could um, invest more in uh, machinery or materials or people to get more of your product or service out there. And so that's a that's a pretty common reason. Mm-hmm. You've got more orders than perhaps your current production system can accommodate, and so you're having to turn away, which is not a good thing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so, uh, you know, if you think you can put money to work to uh, to boost your revenues and your profit, then then that's obviously a good reason. Another big reason is for uh, for big, uh, you know, other big financial moves. In some cases, you may see a, a great opportunity for a business that could complement your own, and the only way to um, or the fastest way to uh, to get that get that uh, new service line into the businesses by acquiring another company. And so uh, raising money for M&A is, is a common one. Um, or to, uh, you know, in our case, Concero to launch an office overseas, um, something like that. But, you know, a, 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 last, um, a last reason that's a, a pretty common reason but not necessarily uh, always a great one is uh, during times of distress. There, mm-hmm. there are times when the, when the business is not succeeding and... Um, you know, uh, the, the the founders are interested in uh, stabilizing the, the business, um, writing the ship, and, and getting things back on track. And um, uh, I think at that at that moment, in those circumstances, it's very important to ask the the threshold question of whether uh, whether to raise money uh, in, in you know at that point, or whether to uh, you know to, to let uh, accept failure and and uh, you know, and um, uh, walk away or mm-hmm. wind down, and and that can be very difficult. That decision can be very difficult for investors, but it's really important in in those circumstances to ask whether adding more money is going to uh, is going to help get things on track, or whether you're just throwing good money after bad. Right. Yeah. I'll probably take a look at the underlying fundamentals and see if that money's really going to correct those. In fact, I. I uh, had an experience with someone I know recently who was actually trying to invest in a company uh, that was uh, distressed and was very disappointed to hear that uh, the person he, uh, you know, that would have been working with him decided to decline his offer and close the business. And so, uh, you, you know, you have those kinds of situations, too. Let's talk about due diligence. You hear a lot about due diligence on the part of the investor. They want to know what they're getting into, where, what their where their money's going, and what their return can be, and you know what the market's like, and who the principals and the management teams like. But what about from the owner standpoint, the founder standpoint? What kind of questions, what kind of due diligence should the owner be doing on the investor? Well, that's a great question, and uh, and, and it's. Uh, 
it's very important for uh, for businesses, for uh, startup founders to do due diligence on those who you know whom they're considering bringing on board. Uh, and there are some some good ways to do it. Um, uh, you know, certainly if you're if you're working with and planning to work with a sophisticated investor or um, an, an individual or a firm who has made a lot of investments. You know, start by speaking to other founders who've worked with that uh, with that venture capital firm or that, that private equity group. Uh, you know, ask them about um, you know how involved the, the group was in the business. How often were they asking questions? How um, you know how active were they being in trying to direct the, the course uh, of the business? And so um, that's a good way. Uh, you know, ask about the risk tolerance. Um, you know, many many startup founders take money from family and friends, and in those cases, it's very important to do your due diligence and find out. You know, really, is this uh, friend of mine or this family member uh, okay with losing with losing the money? Chances are, uh, with with any new business, that that um, certainly that things will not go as planned, and and most businesses fail. It's a it's a sad mm-hmm. reality. So, you really want to find out. Um, whether the investor has the has the ability to to lose that investment and really not have it disrupt their their life or their business, you know the other piece is you really want to understand their expectations about what kind of return they can um, you know they're uh, they're looking for or um, you know how involved they hope to be you know ask them directly you know are you looking for uh, a, a new passive investment or are you looking for something to, to keep you busy. And just make sure that it um, that their expectations and their plan aligns with with your goals. And last, really, um, you know, you're uh, you're taking a lot of risk as a as a startup founder. Um, you know, you have a lot of confidence in your uh, your ability to execute. Uh, you know, you need to be confident in your gut. If your if your gut tells you that that this person or this this outfit is a right uh, the right fit for you, then that's important to consider, uh, and if your gut says um, this is going to be a difficult relationship, you're going to have to have to watch your back, or um, you know you're going to have to um, try to keep the investor at bay. Then uh, it's worth thinking twice about about mm-hmm. taking that money. It could be it could be a very expensive sure. uh, investment. Sure. Yeah. There's something to be said about that gut uh, feeling, and it's like when two people first meet, and you can immediately tell whether there's any kind of chemistry between them. And if uh, that chemistry is lacking, or you're having to work at it a lot harder than you're comfortable with, then maybe you should pay attention. So that's a, that's absolutely right. You have an entrepreneurial background. Your father was an entrepreneur. What have you learned personally as an entrepreneur? Uh, probably, you know, your, whether whether it's uh, something personally you've learned about yourself or whether you've learned about business as a result of being an entrepreneur that you'd like to pass on to our listeners today. Sure. Well, I would say that um, certainly I, I don't think there's anything quite as fun, exhilarating. Uh, or terrifying as as, uh, as entrepreneurship. I can't really imagine doing doing much else after having done it. Um, you know, I'll say that um, uh, you know it's uh, being an entrepreneur is, is very difficult. And one of the things that I've uh, that I've found um, has has been most difficult is uh, you know finding good advice, finding peers uh, who can. Um, who can support you and give candid feedback you know it's if you're at a at a growing startup it can be very um 
hard to get honest feedback and uh you know and find peers who can who can be straight with you and so uh it's very important as your business grows uh not to let yourself get too lonely at the top and make sure that you have other people to talk to um you know other peers in in the industry not necessarily at your company who you can count on mm-hmm. because that feedback um is really important, uh, you know, whether the things are going well or whether things are going poorly. Yeah, so take time to seek out mentors, to seek out, maybe put together an advisory board, uh, maybe join a few uh, peer-to-peer networking type groups because that is, as we've been talking about investment here today, that is certainly another valuable investment that you can make into your business. Absolutely. I think it's always good to make sure you have good communication with other people who can provide advice or feedback. Paul, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. And if someone would like to get in touch with you or learn more about what you do, how would they do that? Sure. Well, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Paul Mandel with the Concero Group. And um, uh, always happy to talk to other people about businesses. This is a topic I feel uh, feel strongly about have a lot of passion for. So. Yeah. And it's very evident. So Paul Mandel, you can get a hold of him through LinkedIn. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit us at www.ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Paul, thank you so much for being on the show today. Appreciate having you. And the rest of you have a great weekend. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.